This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. I'm talking about what I've titled, I want to see. I want to see. And I'm not sure how many of us are yearning to see something. How many of us have a need? Oh, thank you. That didn't take long. Just straight away. And God is meeting that need in the name of Jesus. And, but when we have a need, we know where to take it. When your car is broken, do you take it to the medical center? I don't think so. You take it to the mechanic workshop, right? When you're sick, do you go to the mechanic workshop and go, I'm not quite sure what you did to my car the last time. Can you do it to me? No, you wouldn't do that. Because you know the right places to go. Right? Physical issues, you deal with them in a sense, physically. And spiritual issues, you deal with them in a sense, spiritually. But when things are way more than you, you go to someone who is mightier than them. True? It's true. In other words, what you can do for yourself, there's no need screaming and shouting for God, God, come and help me. My food is burning. No, just turn the gas off. All right? God will not turn the gas off on your behalf. Because that's something you can do for yourself. Just do it. But there are things you can't do for yourself, and that's where we need a miracle. And someone once defined miracle as what, what is beyond man's capacity, what is beyond human capacity that only God can do. So my question again is, how many of us want to see you have a need in your life that you want to see a change in? It's true, I do. I do. I want to see a change. I want to see a change. I'm here right now, but this is not the best position in life that I can be. There's a better. And that's why the tagline of our ministry is a change is inevitable. In other words, as you walk in, as you start to work with the Lord through the power of his word, you will be changed whether you like it or not. You'll be changed. It's true. You'll be changed. His word will change you. The more you listen to God's word, you will be changed. You will be changed. We realize that around Jericho, there were, you know, Jericho was a city that Jesus always went to or walking by it or walking through it. And quite interestingly, there were people that met Jesus when he was at Jericho or when he was entering Jericho or when he was passing through Jericho. And every time they met him, something happened. What that tells me is that they positioned themselves. I was still here. They positioned themselves in the place where they know Jesus always frequently passed through. For example, Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 5. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, the person that we talked about yesterday. 
you know, Jesus was passing through Jericho. But Zacchaeus positioned himself in such a way that it was strategic. He wanted to see Jesus, but he was short. He had his own shortcomings, which was too natural. It's Father's Day. I'm allowed to, right? That jokes. I'm not really too good with it. But, but, but yeah, he, he had his own needs. But this time, he wanted to see Jesus. Now, don't forget, he didn't want to see Jesus so that Jesus can make him taller. No. So he knew that, yeah, well, I'm short, but that's not the problem because I can do something about it. So what did he do? He climbed up on, on top of a tree because he knew that regardless of where he stood, he would not be seen. He can never be seen. You see, at times, there's no need to compete outside. Come to God's house and let him put something, significance in you. It's true. And that's why the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. Ask of God. Don't co compete in such a way that you make a fool of yourself outside. You lack wisdom, ask of God. He said, he upbraided not. In other words, he generously gives you wisdom. And his wisdom comes through his word. So as you are listening to me now, wisdom is coming to you. It's true. It's true. And that was Zacchaeus. So he, in quotes, cannot Jesus when Jesus was, you know, passing through Jericho. He went on top of a tree, and Jesus got to the very position and looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come on. It's okay. I know you're there. Come down. And I'm going to your house today. But Jesus wasn't coming to Jericho to go to Zacchaeus' house. He wasn't going to Zacchaeus' house. But someone's faith caused him to change his destination. Are you still here? Just Zacchaeus' faith. Cause Jesus to go, you know what? For a while, let, let's, let's, let's go catch up with this guy. And then later I said to Zacchaeus, he said, today salvation has come to your house. How amazing. How amazing. That when we connect with the master through our faith, with our faith, salvation comes to your house. And this type of salvation is different from the salvation that you received when you got born again. Now, salvation is from the Greek word soteria. Now, soteria means, uh, it implies everything, everything that Jesus died for. So, it's not just saving you from darkness into light. It's also rescuing you from poverty into prosperity. Are you, are you still here? It's also saving you from sickness into health. That's salvation. It fixes up everything that is up and down in your life. It helps you to settle out. That's salvation. And Jesus said to Zacchaeus, said, today salvation has come to your house. Right there, Jesus has not even said, so what have you been doing to the people all this while? You sinner. No, he didn't have to say that. Just the presence of Jesus alone, Zacchaeus said, Lord, I'll give what I have. Re read it a little bit. Um, where are we? Verse 8. Thank you. 
But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord. And this time, Jesus has said nothing else to him. He just said, I'm coming to your house today. Right there, he said, look, Lord, here and now, this very minute, this very now, half of my possession will I give to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. I'll pay back four times. And at times, just the presence of Jesus in your life brings about generosity. You don't even have to struggle about being generous. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is generously shed abroad in our hearts. By the... Hallelujah. Next person. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Next, they came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho with a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. And where was this again? Jericho. And what was he doing? He was begging. But when he heard Jesus, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. How nice. So they called to the blind man, chair up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now the same story is told in Luke chapter 18. Same story. And in Luke chapter 18, Luke wrote it in a way that it actually shows us why the guy was there. The guy knew Jesus was passing by. He was going to pass by Jericho. So he positioned himself. Positioned himself. So when they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And his initial job was to beg because he was blind. But you see, not all blind people are beggars. But he chose to beg, right? He chose. That was his choice. So he sat at the roadside begging. But when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, and that's the interesting thing. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. Up until now, probably just go, help the poor, help the poor. It's me, son of Timaeus, blind Bartimaeus. Help me. But when he heard, in other words, he must have asked, what's going on? I can hear a whole lot of people passing through. What's going on? And someone says, no, it's Jesus so, yeah, that's why I'm here. Jesus! Son of David! Now, no other person really knows him as son of David because naturally he wasn't son of David. And that's his spiritual name. That's his spiritual affinity. Because Jesus was son of Joseph and Mary. But this time, he went beyond the physicality of Jesus to his authority. 
And when Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he didn't just shout once. He kept shouting until he became almost uh, harassing. And the Bible says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Let's think about that a little bit. I'm not sure where you are at, but many have said, well, just settle for it. It's okay, you know. You can't change it. It's your position now. That's, that's where you end. This particular situation in your life, this particular issue cannot be changed, cannot be solved. Shut up. Stop talking about it. Why is, this, why is that still part of your prayer? Why are you still believing for that? It's just the way you have been wired. That's you. But there's something inside of you that's saying, no, I'm not, I'm not relaxing on this. I'm not letting this go. I need this to be taken away. Or rather, I need this to be fixed. And you have to have that hunger. That hunger and tenacity to change it. Although it doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem, that does not mean it's not possible. Because seem, the word seem is a perception. It's how we decide to perceive the situation. So if it doesn't seem possible, that does not mean it's not possible. It has the potential. In other words, impossible has the potential of being possible. It contains possibility. And people play with words. They go, impossible is another word for impossible. And it's quite interesting how you perceive it. So at times you look at your situation and go, this seems impossible, but with God all things are possible. So if with God all things are possible, I've got to lean in towards God. I've got to lean into him. Isaiah 54, he says, seek you the Lord while he's near. Call upon him. He said, let the wicked man forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let them turn again unto the Lord because he has abundant mercy. He does. Say, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither my ways are your ways. So as for as high as the heaven is from the earth, he says, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And that's why he said, back to the next verse, the previous verse, he said, let the wicked man. And when he says wicked, at times it's not just about someone who is really terrible. It's talking about the nature of man. Because the nature of man is naturally wicked. So he's saying, let the ordinary human being who does not know God, or rather is failing to trust in God completely, let them change the way they think and their thought pattern and turn to the Lord because he will abundantly Show them mercy. And can I say to you, it depends on where you are at in your life and how much you want to trust God for that situation you want to change. And you know what? It's changeable. It's changeable. It's changeable. The, the angel told Mary, said, hey, you're going to have a son and his name shall be called Jesus. So, but I, I don't know any, you know, I don't have a man yet. Myself and Joseph, we're not married yet. He said, so it's not going to be possible. And the angel Gabriel said to Mary, he said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
For with God. And that was way before Jesus was born. And after Jesus was born, probably after about 30, 31, 32 years, Jesus came onto the stage and And he, and he said in one of the healings, he said, nothing is impossible to them that believe. Lazarus, John 11. He said, nothing is impossible to them that believe. To them that believe. So in other words, there are two categories of people to whom nothing is impossible. One is God, and two, those that believe. And when it talks about believe, those who have faith. And you don't have to have a big, giant faith. It just starts with a little faith. The faith that causes you to listen to me right now is all that you ever need. And at times, you know, Paul preached and perceives that that person has faith to be healed. And he goes straight to him and go, be healed. Because he recognizes that he's got the faith to be healed right there. This service is different. I'm not following my notes at the moment. Because I know God is about to do something way outside of that notes. And I want you at any point where you feel your faith is strong enough. to so go ahead and declare it. Speak about that thing that you need, that thing that you need to change. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is here. And he's able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that you can ever ask or imagine, according to his power that works within you. And what is his power? His word. So, blind Bartimaeus said, and he started shouting, and he said, it's okay, just deal with your situation. You're blind, accept it. You're blind. You can never see. Accept it. He said, no, I'm not settling for this. And he kept shouting. He kept shouting. And at times, it's, it, there's a need for you to keep seeking until there is a result. God is not after those who try a little bit and go, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's not working. It's okay. I'll just accept it. No, 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 no. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord. Are you still here? It's a day that waits. Waiting takes time. Come on, talk to me. Waiting takes time. Waiting is not, okay, I'm just going to try it out for five minutes. If it's not working, I'll just walk away. No, waiting takes time. If you come to see me and you can't wait, well, you, we won't have the conversation. Waiting takes time. Waiting takes time. And when you are waiting, they're not telling you you've got to wait for five minutes. At times, they don't even put a time to it. You go to see your doctor, right? Your doctor, and they said, well, you know, your doctor has got someone else. Are you willing to wait? Say yes, and at times you ask, so how long do I have to wait for? I say, we don't know. And it's completely up to you if you want to go with another doctor or you want to wait for your doctor. And your doctor is Jesus Christ. And that is not to say he's going to take a while to come. No, he will wait until your heart is saturated by faith. Because when your heart is saturated by faith, that's when you're, you're ready to receive. Because at times, some things that happen outside faith, you lose it in the same condition. So he kept shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And to the point where people say, shut up, be quiet, 
But he shouted them all, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. Once again, passing by Jericho, another person got Jesus' attention. You've got a part to play. Tell someone sitting by you, you've got a part to play. For Zacchaeus, his part was to climb the sycamore tree. For the blind Bartimaeus, his part was to shout and keep shouting. For the woman with the issue of blood, her part was to go through the thronging people who were thronging Jesus and touch Jesus' helm, as in the helm of his garment. You've got a part. Don't just think it's just going to happen naturally. No, if it was going to happen naturally, it would have happened all this while. It isn't going to happen naturally. You've got to be willing and obedient and seeking to get it. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. And the, the ask is an acronym. A-S-K, same thing. A for ask, S for seek, K for knock. Ask and you shall receive, seek, and you shall find, knock, and the door will be open. Actually, the amplified version says, ask and keep asking. In other words, it's not just a one of ask. Because you need to be persistent. Are you still here? Of course, you need to be persistent. In prayer, be persistent. Don't just go where I'm just going to pray right now. Do you know at times, you need to pray until your faith comes home. At times, we'll pray not from the place of faith. We'll start praying out of fear, out of need, out of desire. God, God, can you see and then we'll, at times we pray amiss, according to James. But when you start to realize that God is not going to bend because you're crying and crying and crying. No, he will only listen to his will in your prayer, according to his will. He said, if we ask according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. So you might cry from today till tomorrow. All he's saying, but I've already fixed it. It's not in my hands. I already gave you the answer. It's not in my hands. Why are you still crying? It hurts me you're crying, but you've got it. So but I don't have it. I don't know where it is, but you've got it. You've got it. Because Everything, the Bible says in First Peter, is that everything we ever need for life and godliness has already been given to you. So when you're crying for it, it just means that you don't know where it is. You've not realized it. But we've got it. We've got it. We've got it. But you need to show that you are willing to discover it. And willing to discover it requires waiting. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait. They that wait. They that seek the Lord. He says, seek, seek ye the Lord whilst he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. And you know what? That was back then. But you see, the Lord is always near. But you need to recognize that he's with you. And that is why we don't sing songs like Holy Spirit come down. 
to where, from where? Because it's already inside of you. It's already inside of you, and you need to realize that it's already inside of you. And make use of him. Because greater is he that is in you, but what is he doing at the moment when you are still in need? And the more you yearn for him, as the deer pants for the water, the more you yearn for him, right? The more you yearn for him, the more he goes, you know what, I'm here. I'm here. What do you want? So Bartimaeus said, call him. And what did he cast aside the first time? So, so they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Who's telling him that? Those people that said, shut up. Same people that said, keep quiet, you know, don't disturb the master. You are harassing him. You are embarrassing us. And they are the same people who changed their, their testimony and went, hey, be happy, come on, he calls you now. You want to come? And what did Bartimaeus do? He said he threw his cloak aside. Now, you know what? A cloak is an outer coat, an outer jacket, right? And to be honest, anyone who puts on that cloak is blind Bartimaeus. So if you sit on the roadside and put on the same cloak and you close your eyes and don't open them, you are blind Bartimaeus. So, so in other words, that was what identified that he was the one. So first and foremost, what identified him with that condition, he removed it. The master calls. Now you need to identify with a different person, a different situation. There is a calling, a higher calling. All right, leave aside, leave behind the things that used to hold you back and move on to a higher calling. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, it said, looking up to Jesus, right? The author and the finisher of your faith. He said, but let us first and foremost put aside Every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. In other words, that keeps pulling you back. And you know those things that keep pulling you back, you know? Those little addictions, those little things, those little, little lies, whatever it is. But you already know. It's a put them aside first. That's the cloak. That's the cloak that identifies you as a person who is dis disadvantaged. You are not disadvantaged. You are advantaged. You are a child of God. You are advantaged. It's true. You are advantaged. You're not disadvantaged. The reason why you're not receiving the benefit is because you still have the cloak of blind Bartimaeus on you. Amen. So he threw his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus asked him a question, what do you want me to do for you? Now this time is for you to write your proposal. You know, what do you want me to do for you? Don't just go, you know, uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, you know, I've been in this condition for a very long time. No. Someone else said something like that. You know, that man at the well, you know, at the, uh, the pool of Bethesda. And Jesus said, hey, what would you like me to do for you? He said, you know, Jesus, uh, I've been in this condition for 38 years. And uh, every time the pool is stirred, no one is here to put me in the pool. So I've been like this. And Jesus, just shut up. Pick your mat and walk. So at times when Jesus asks you, so what do you want me to do for you? Is your opportunity to go, Lord, I want to see. And for you, it possibly might not be a physical sight. It might be a spiritual sight. A spiritual insight. It might be a walk with the Lord. And much more than that, it could also be your health and your family.
your business, your children. And you're thinking, they are not walking with the Lord. Lord, I want to see them come back to you. Lord, I want to see you lifted up in my family. Lord, I want to see that the things are working together for my good. Lord, I want to see I've been struggling. I've been a beggar. I've been getting by, but I want to get on top. Are you still here? Lord, I want to see. Is that your prayer tonight? Is that your prayer that you want to see? You want to see. And you have to be willing. You have to be willing. And you have to be not only just willing. Reach out for it. Take the actions. Take the actions. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author. What does that mean? He started it. <laughs> and the finisher. He will be there when you are done. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Like Bartimaeus, he was waiting to hear Jesus come through. Is that Jesus? Is that Jesus? Jesus! Every opportunity, you've got to call on his name. Just call his name. Yell it out. Yell it in your spirit. Let the angels know that you want to get an attention of the master. Are you still here? Can we stand on our feet? And this is your opportunity. Just like Jesus asked the man, what do you want me to do for you? And this is not me, personally. But Jesus is saying, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And it's your opportunity to pray. It's your opportunity to pray. Are you ready? Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable.